We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. The player that I think would make the most difference because he does the most on both sides of the pitch would be Deli Alley, and he just hasn't been that difference maker this season to, so far. So if he has his best game of the year, that gives that that gets them the two one. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's rock and roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I feel like we just spoke the other day, Andrew. Oh, by the way, I'm your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me as always is Andrew Laird. Uh, but uh, I feel like we just spoke. That's why I didn't really care. I feel like it's just one long conversation we've had this week, uh, and that's why I really forgot the introduction and everything. Yeah, it uh, it feels like all we do now is rankings, podcasts. All I do is cheat sheets and DFS articles. Like I just, it's going to be crazy when next week we have no midweek action, and we're going to be there on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, wait, what do we do now? Yeah, I believe there's I, I, La Liga all week. For those interested, yeah, fantastic. For all the, for all those uh, fantasy Liga Santander people, sure. There'll be DFS contests. 
Well, if you're watching North American football, Trevor Simeon's still terrible. Hmm. Okay, let's go. To, I, I, I'm a little less lucid than uh, a little less lucid than normal. So this is going to be a fun pod for everybody. Uh, I'll probably make some really bad analogies and worse jokes, but we'll start off uh, with a game with two teams that are playing a lot better of late. Uh, we have Claude Puel and, and under new management, two teams that have had manager changes. So Claude Puel. Of Leicester taking on uh, taking on Roy Hodgson and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace again leaving it late, uh, and uh, Leicester City just kind of uh, chugging along. And really, the real the real thing to take note of here is one, Riyad Mahrez is blonde, and two, he can't stop being on the score sheet. <laughs> You're going to go all that time about Leicester and not talk about Shinji Okazaki? No, because I'll tell you why. Everyone is like, oh, uh, I'm going to tip Shinji Okazaki. He's a real budget forward. And I tell, and I will tell you that you've seen the biggest Shinji Okazaki game of the year. And <laughs> you're going to be, you're chasing ghosts. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to try to make a case for having him, but it just seemed like it was worth recognizing the incredible game he had earlier this week. But yeah, Mahrez is the guy you go to um, and... For, like, FPL, I had Jamie Vardy for a little run earlier in the season, and it was fine, but, um, like, would you go after Mares now, or is it too late? Probably too late. Uh, I mean, the people who are on him have been on him, and you're if you're in FPL, you've already lost your differential points, your chance to get differential points, which is why it's a dumb system. I doubt he's uh, that heavily owned. I'm just saying, if you if you like if you wanted to get actual value out of him, I believe that it's gone. Hmm. All right. I mean, home against Palace. There's no more than that. I mean, you can try I mean, if you want to make that transfer for like a week or two. I mean, I think yeah, less, he's seven I mean, percent like owned. It's not that bad. I mean, he he gets United after that, Watford, uh, away to Watford, and then uh, away to Liverpool. I mean, the matchups don't look great for him going forward, right? Yeah. So it's not... Uh, That's fair. Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't get excited. What about on the Palace side? Uh, on the Palace side, I'm really... I want to get behind someone more than just Wilfred Saha and Andrew Townsend and perhaps Yohan, uh, but I just can't. Like even though they've been playing a lot better, I'm. I, that's. I mean, those are the. the I can't. I can, I'm not going to go deeper than the chalk names. Is the way I'll put it. You didn't uh, bring in Ruben Loftus Cheek. No, he's not. Not for FPL purposes. He's not a chalk name. He's probably better slated for like a Taga Taga game setup. He's, uh, if I remember correctly, and I can quickly pull it up, I think and it's only price-based, not because of actual talent but or production. But I think, yeah, he's the highest-owned player in FPL for Crystal Palace. That's fine. I'm good. All right. <laughs> I'll take my differential of not having him. That's fair. But how many, pe- but how many people are using that as their like, fifth midfielder, you know what I mean? And just, right. They're not really starting him. It's just, um, yeah, like you said, it's just price-based. Yeah. Sure, it is. Yeah, the only thing that we'll see this one is uh, Milivojevic is suspended. Correct. So I assume we'll see James MacArthur next to goodbye unless... He scored. Uh, unless they really drastically change things. But Roy Hodgson kind of made some comment, um, I was going to say earlier this week, but it's midweek now, so yesterday, that 
they basically can't keep carrying Christian Benteke if he doesn't stop this goalless drought, which I'm not sure they're better without him, but he, I guess he has a point. I mean, Benteke has largely been a spectator, and when he's had his chance to shine, he's just not I, – I mean, even when he's in the game, he's he's largely a spectator. But, you know, he, he tried to, to, to force himself to take a penalty and it didn't work out well yeah. for him, and he just hasn't – he's missed and he's had a couple sitters, and, you know, that's, just, that's not going to ingratiate yourself to a new manager who had no involvement in you coming to the actual team. Yeah, I just uh, – I feel like they – it's almost like he's con- now convinced what everyone else thinks that he can only use his head and he's basically like a younger, smaller version of Peter Crouch. And he's just a much better player than that. But it seems like he's, I don't think he's either being forced to play this way or he's forcing himself to play this way, thinking he's just some big target and that's it. But he used to have some pretty good skills. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think, with strikers, right, we always see this, right? If they lose their confidence, it looks like they don't know how to play. And it's really, they still know how to play. It's just yeah. they need to get their confidence back. And how do you do that? That's, I mean, that that's where the manager comes in. I, I'm not I'm not a master motivator. I don't know how to motivate soccer players. So, um, you know, this is, I mean, and Roy Hodgson is probably doing the right thing. This could be the way that Benteke needs to be motivated. Like, if you don't, pull, if you don't start scoring, you will start sitting. Yeah, that's fair. So. Yeah, and then yeah, and then to wrap up Leicester again, it's I think it's just Riyad Mahrez still. I mean, you you I mean Jamie Vardy, I'll I'll tolerate. Like I I won't say that you're being stupid, but Demarai Gray, of course, didn't start last week or sorry, not last week, a couple days ago. Uh, I expect him to be back in the lineup. How come? Uh, because I just think he needed a rest. Oh, all right. Now, you would obviously Zach, still keep I, I, play Harry Maguire. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I ranked him very highly. Yeah, you, you did. Good, I think he has a very good chance for a clean sheet here because, you know, Crystal Palace on the road, right? It's not not exactly a matchup that scares you. Yeah, do you know how many goals Crystal Palace have on the road this year? Uh, I'm going to say three. Zero. Not a single away goal this year. Yeah, so Harry Maguire, ranking Harry Maguire, what, I rank him like sixth? <laughs> something uh, like that. Something like I ranked that, yeah. him very highly. Yeah, you did. So yeah, yeah, I like Harry Maguire. I meant for, uh, yeah, for for defense purposes, yes. And I, and for Palace, uh, would you Mamadou Sako? Are you are you on board with? Uh, no, he, he's out. He's out for a while. Um, yeah, that's right. He got injured. Yeah, so. no, I, I wouldn't. No, 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 no. No Jeff Schlupp. No Van Anhold if he starts. No James Tompkins. No Scott Dan. I'm out. What about my boy Joel Ward? No, I'm out. He's out too. I know. <laughs> like me, he's out. <laughs> you, me, him, and Mamadou Saka will all play equal minutes. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Let's go on to a better game here, especially for you, because you really need a little uplifting spirit. Arsenal are at home taking on Newcastle. Just when we thought Arsenal were like, you know, turning the corner and they were, you know, starting to really show themselves and express themselves, nil nil draw at West Ham. It's hard to it's, score it, against West Ham. Apparently, well, I mean. Just ask Chelsea. Yeah. Just yeah. I don't know David what to make Mo- of that game. David, other Mo- than... David Moyes and them boys. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a weird lineup that they put out there. Um, you know, when, whenever Jack Wilshere gets in the starting lineup, you know Arsenal's probably rotating a little bit. But that being said, they still should have been able to do something against them. And I would just expect all the regular guys to be back 
now. Like I Ozil, I think we're going to go back to the Lacazette, Alexis Ozil up front. Um, Ramsey's still out, so I don't know if they'll go with you know El Neni or because I doubt they'll try to play Wilshire twice in three days. And Wilshire, so. and Wilshire missed a very good opportunity oh, against gosh. West Ham. Yep, yep. Um, but that's why he's Jack Wilshire and not you know any, Aaron Ramsey. Any but right, right. <laughs> Uh, Mustafi might be back, which is always helpful for them because they're better when he's out there. So, uh, and I give Newcastle no chance in this one, but I'm not sure I would give Newcastle a chance against many people at this point. That's true. It's more of a Newcastle thing than an Arsenal thing, especially Newcastle on the road. Right. Right. All right. Let's go on to a game that actually should be competitive and that it's always going to be close because Burnley are involved. They travel on the road to a, a, a Brighton side here. Um, you know, for Brighton, I, I, I mean, they're coming off a two nil defeat at, uh, at Spurs, which is nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're playing against Burnley, again, they win. Uh, Burnley win. Uh, they won again one nil, if I'm not mistaken, right? In, in the yes. midweek. Yep. It's un- unbelievable. Yeah, I believe I saw that. Um, I don't really want to count now, but it was something like nine. They have nine one nothing games this year. Yeah, it's crazy. They have nine wins. They have nine wins. I can't imagine they're all, no, they're not all nine. No, they're not. They're yeah. not all one nil wins. I think it's nine total games that have been one nothing, either win or lost, which is pretty crazy when you have seventeen matches. <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, I don't think this one's going to stray too far from that formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, I mean, one nil Burnley doesn't seem too far fetched, or or for that matter, one nil Brighton. You know, it's it, take the under is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I uh, especially be especially because Stephen Ward is uh, in, is is not going to be around. I think he might be back. Oh, I'm sorry, Ward is out. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. Um, Loton, no wait, might be back. Um, no, sorry, Ward might play, and Ben Mee might come back. Yeah, and Loton might. I mean, they might have them all back. Um, but. And they've just they're they're good with whoever is there. Like we kind of keep making this point. It's more of a DFS thing because it's we focus on it more. But like Burnley have allowed the most shots this year, and it's something like we keep saying over and over and over again. Um, but I was doing a little deeper research now. They played Tottenham in game week three, and Liverpool in game week five, and they gave up um, like almost sixty or. Yeah, almost 60 shots amongst them. I'm sorry, it was 63 shots from those two games. So, like, they've given up, you know, the most um, the most shots this season, but 23% of them came in two games, which were months ago. And so, like, I think they're actually getting to the point now where they're not giving up that many shots, and so that's actually even helping them more defensively. They're giving up few shots, and can, they continue to give up shots that aren't that good. And so I, I just can't see Brighton being the one that breaks them open. Well, I mean, the difference is is that a lot of teams are attacking Burnley, and Brighton may not be that way. That's the only, I mean, if you're looking for a reason to stray from the normalcy uh, for, as far as Burnley fixtures, that would be it. Just so, from a tactical perspective, you know, we, I'm not expecting Brighton to go, you know, four two four and just attack them, right? Like it's not going to happen. No, Izzy Brown, Tomer Hamed, and Glenn Murray line. Oh, don't, don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> don't tempt me. I'll start cheering for it. Yeah. 
But I don't uh, know, no, no, no. Just put Knockhart on one side, Pascal Gross on the other side, and just put Hemed and uh, and uh, Brown and, and Murray. Yeah, thank you. And Murray in the middle, and then maybe you can have Izzy Brown as like one of the two mm-hmm. in the midfield, well, along go. with Danny Williams. Get the American in there. No, he plays for Huddersfield. Oh, that's true. Damn it. By the way, you are not the, like. <laughs> Everyone I speak to gets those two teams mixed up. And it's not so much that they get the teams mixed up, but like the players are basically interchangeable. Well, yeah. I mean, if you put if, if you fielded a team called like uh, Brighton and Huddersfield Albion, yeah, yes, you'd be exactly. It, it would be it would be the same team. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, I love. It be, it, 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 you know what it's like? It's like it's like the teams that aren't the Patriots in the AFC East. Like oh, if you combine stop, them stop. all together, they'd still be the same. No, you're not. They um, wouldn't beat the Patriots. I'll tell you that. No, much. they wouldn't. No, that that is true. Yes. Um, if I own anyone in this game, I'm playing them. Right. I mean, how wrong? many players are ownable? Really, there's like maybe four. Uh. If you're Gross. talking about like the Taga League. If you're talking about sure. FPL, yeah. I'm sure a bunch of people owns like James Tarkowski or Yeah, ben I'm a Tarkowski or... guy. And yeah. Ward, unfortunately. And Pope. Um yeah, but in Taga, like I would play Goodmanson, I mean... Wood, all of the Burnley defenders, Pope, and then on the other side I'd play Gross, Knockart, I'd probably play Murray. I don't have him anywhere, but I probably would play him. And I would consider all their defenders. Of which I have none. It's fair. It's it's fair. I mean, just being you know, keep in mind that like you need peripheral stats because you're not going to get too many goals, right? But so. that I mean, that's what makes Taga so great, right? Indeed, indeed. Especially when the site's working. Yeah. Oh. Get on it, Taga. <laughs> I'm sure they're All working right. very hard. Yeah. I, well. I mean, it's been like three game weeks for me. I still can't log in. Hmm. I haven't changed my lineup in. Uh, I I actually don't even know how I'm doing in two of the leagues because yeah. I just I can't see anything. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to my favorite team, Chelsea, taking on uh, Southampton side uh, at Stamford Bridge here. Uh, Chelsea, you know, kind of job done uh, against of um, you know, just uh, against a, a weak Huddersfield side. They. 3-1 kind of flattered Huddersfield. They got a late consolation goal, but they were never really in it. No. Um, but, you know, for fans of Thibaut Courtois and Marcus Alonso, losing that clean sheet, like one of the last kicks of the game, probably, you know, mm. put a fly in your soup. You know what I mean? Like that that didn't that didn't help. Christensen but, got his clean sheet. That's true. He, because he came out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But for this game here against Southampton, you know, a lot of people are, you know, like high on Charlie Austin and they were, High on the most recent revival that we were kind of seeing from Southampton, and then you know it, it all you know it all kind of unraveled against Leicester for some reason at home, uh, you know in the midweek. So you know that that's that, that's the only consistent thing about Southampton this season has been it's you don't you never know when you can count on them and when you can't. Uh, I would argue you could never count on them, but. Yeah. I mean, you all, well, but like, let's say you say oh, you can never count on them, and then you know that's when Charlie Austin puts up two goals, and Sofian Buffal and Nathan Redmond look like they're, you know, yeah, I I look at it as mean count on meaning like I'm comf- you know I'm confidently starting them like yeah. there's nobody I'm going in thinking like that's the problem like you can't take anybody uh, outside of the defenders in FPL because you just never know when they're gonna play. 
and even like Virgil van Dyke, who's a, a, a Taga darling because of all of the, all of the things that he can do, especially aerial duels. And, you know, he's a set piece threat, you know, just this year, nothing. Yeah. Just, just nothing. And it, it's just surprising that Southampton, if you looked at, if you, if you started the season and you said, Oh, there's going to be just a team of unusable players. You know, you wouldn't have said it was Southampton that you, it would take, I would say about half the teams that you got there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So absolutely. it's just it's very surprising, and they travel to a Chelsea side where it's really just about rotation. Whoever's starting, you play them. You like all your, you, know, you I like all the Chelsea options. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I assume Murata's going to come back. They claimed he had a back issue for his absence in the midweek, but I don't know why they needed to come up with that as opposed to just saying we're going to rest Tired. him. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, he yeah, didn't make we'll the, he he didn't make the eighteen. So no. he did just so. yeah. Fabregas it, barely played or didn't he didn't start, so I assume he starts and then who knows if Conte or Bakayoko get a rest. Yeah, and uh, against a side like Southampton, and I've said this uh, I'll say it again. Uh, they do not need to go three five two. They do not need to show them the respect of having three defensive midfielders. They just don't. Okay. Just stick to the three four two one or three four three, whatever you want to call it. Just stick with that, use your width, and control the ball and make them chase. That's all. Anyway, uh, South, uh, not South, uh, not, uh, so Stoke are taking on a West Ham side, so David Moyes and them boys traveling to Stoke in that wind. Uh, it's, you know, even the, I, keep, I always keep falling into that trap, like it's going to be super windy, but they closed off one of the corners, so it's not as windy anymore. Hmm. But, uh, you know, for West Ham, Marko Arnautovic actually almost—I mean, he was barely offside, but he almost scored against yep. the Arsenal in that game. And yep. he's looking like he's a threat. Um, you know, is it time that you? Is it time to jump back on Marko Arnautovic? Because I'm—I've been—I've I, been in this position before a yeah. couple of times, right? And I think both of us are slower to adopt. But if you—I I think if you're looking for a differential, you might be a source of it. Yeah, I, uh, it's like painful to admit, uh, mostly because I like I've liked Lanzini so much more, and I'm not not sure Lanzini is going to have the same effect with with Moyes, which is a little disappointing. But um, he's got that like he's got that evil twin facial hair going on now. Lanzini, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> evil twin. He, he looks like the evil twin, yeah. or like or just. Or the bad guy who has right. like a, a devilish cat or right, something right. as as a pet, but, yeah. you know that that's what he looks like. Yeah, I um, the Arnautovic thing, like he's a red card waiting to happen. I I just would, you know, I'd rather try to get West Ham value out of guys like Masuaku or Cresswell or, you know, the Chicharito had been hurt. He's back now, but I I will, I will take losses on Arnautovic just because I just don't ever feel like I get the upside on him. Mikel Antonio. Um, I kind of feel the same. I, I'd like to see him get going before. Like, I'm going to be too late on Antonio because I'm not willing to put up with the trail of zeros. Jordan Shakiri. Yeah, he makes sense this week. I mean, the the matchup, obviously West Ham have um, been pretty good in terms of allow, not allowing goals, but they're allowing a boatload of crosses and a boatload of uh, shots. So, you know, obviously that doesn't help as much in FPL, but in Taga or, you know, any draft, you know, DraftKings format or something, you got to go for him. If uh, if you were Stoke, would you start Peter Crouch, considering that you know that David Moyes will allow a bunch of crosses? It's a, 
it's a reasonable plan. I mean, Chopumotang up front worked a little bit at the beginning, but hasn't really paid off much recently. So, uh, or even the two of them together, like they they offer much different things. So it seems to make sense to to play Crouch in that in that kind of situation. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I think that would be just get a bunch of crossers around him and play and play. I, I, you know, you you. You're going to take what the defense gives you here if, you're, if I'm going to use some kind of cheesy yeah. NFL term. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> Trevor Simeon, now hurt. Also terrible, but also hurt. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> random Broncos update yeah, in the really. middle of a Stoke West Ham analysis. <laughs> uh, but for, 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 for this matchup here, are you, are you thinking that this is one of those games where they're both so inept defensively or, I mean, West Ham have been better. No. Yeah. I think they're decent defensively. Yeah. I think that now under Moy, but 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 is that, is that because of something they're doing tactically or is that because of just their players are playing up to their standard? Um, I don't think it matters for our purposes why they're playing better. They just, well, one is sustainable and one is not. Um, because I, because if it's just something that's like a recent tactical thing, the league will adjust. It's not sustainable. Oh, um, I don't know what the answer to that question is. Part of me hmm. thinks it's not that because I don't have the greatest opinion of David Moyes, but maybe I'm wrong on David Moyes. Yeah, because uh, I, I said this last time we were on the podcast. Uh, you know, when he first got there, they said the training was continental, meaning it was you know yeah. just like you would see as a national team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting back to the really, really basics, right? That gets found out, right? You, you, you just can't do that. You just can't do that for a long period of time. So that that's really what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe it was just step one of his, though. <laughs> that we will see. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a Marvin Ziegler. Hold on, before list. we do. Oh, I hated having to go through there. Before that, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Sports Yard. Um, SportsYard is the latest daily fantasy soccer entertainment platform offering fun, fast, and fair contests. SportsYard brings an enhanced platform with the fastest real-time participant point total updates, high-quality user-friendly application, fun and engaging graphics, and a level playing field that allows even beginners the same opportunity to win as the experts through transparent contest offerings. Create your dream team roster with no salary cap, and then track your point standings in real time and follow follow along like you're walking the sideline. It's easy to play and easier to win with SportsYard's lightning-fast interface and clear and current ranking systems. If you're interested, head over to SportsYard.com to sign up and play for free today. So you know who has a lot of free time now and who will actually be walking up and down the sideline and could actually play against a team of experts? Marvin Ziegler. Marvin Ziegler. Uh, he is, uh, of course, uh, the suspended Watford defender who uh, is now going to be watching the rest of the Hornets take on Huddersfield who come to town. And for Watford, I think I read this. Um, uh, I think it was Richarlison has been a part of Oh yeah, it's I think ridiculous. It was like the, it's like it's like the last nine goals yep. that they've scored. Yep, I think it's nine of eleven. Ugh. Ugh. Why is that bad? No, he's, it's he's a just, beast. I understand, but how? First of all, like that's just that's absurd. Like that's an absurd stat to hear. You I mean, you probably have heard it about Alexis Sanchez or yeah, Messi. Yeah, it's just it's just odd. It's it, it, it's especially because the team's not doing that well uh, recently. But I mean, for, if, uh, on the surface, if you were like so and so's best player was involved in nine of their last nine goals, 
that's not surprising, right? It's still surprising, like one person being that heavily dependent on. Uh, like it's not that it's not that like nine of the last eleven games. It's nine of the last eleven goals. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's. I mean, it basically they're not scoring if he's not touch if he's not doing everything basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm that's, I'm not sure I'm that, seeing the negatives here. It's not a. It, it, it's odd. It, it's odd that it's been so successful is what I'm trying to say. Like, cause you know, like I just said about West Ham, right? Like word gets out. Like, well, I don't know how successful it, it's been. They lost their last four, so. Yeah, what? Has he found out now? No, oh, forget it. All right, uh, for, for Huddersfield here, um, you know, uh, for Huddersfield against Chelsea, it was Steve Mounier started, but it was Depot who got the goal at the end with a really nice header, if mm-hmm. I may say so myself, actually. Um, but, I mean, for Watford, this is actually starting a string of very good fixtures. So a lot of people are starting to tip the Watford defense, whoever's in it. You know, I've seen uh, articles about Christian Capicelli. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if we look at, uh, you know, this could be Holy Voss's chances to return to the uh, relevancy of uh, FPL. Mm-hmm. You know, so are, are you high on the Watford defense? I mean, we've kind of talked about these fixtures. but Yeah, I, I was with Ziegler. The problem is you just don't know who, I mean, I guess Mariapa has been starting consistently and Capicelli. So you you try to go there Janmat scored last week so uh, because of course right yes um and Kiko Femin- gonna... yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah so you have <laughs> Kiko Feminia who may play Didn't or Janmat may play yep. uh Olabas is back and I'm guessing takes on a pretty big role because Cleverly is suspended because he picked up a red card uh earlier this week so yep. that opens up a spot maybe for Etienne Capoue I don't know we'll see uh, Jacore is obviously still an option and uh, they've been kind of moving. It seems like Dini has been a pretty consistent starter of late, which has obviously pushed uh, Andre Gray out. Yeah. And like, what it all means is what I feel like most people are going to do is just, you know, pick w- at least one of the defenders and then go with Richarlison. And, that, and that's all you can do. Yeah. That's Watford. reasonable though. And then, but, I mean, it uh, happens with a lot of teams. Yeah. Spinning it on the wet Huddersfield side, is this a matchup where you might say you might say to yourself, "Huh, let, let me see if Tom what Tom Ince is up to." <laughs> I'm more of a Rajiv Van Lapara guy than I am Tom Ince at this point. Were you just arguing for Tom Ince like two weeks ago? Uh, it was probably like two months ago. I feel like I feel like we recently had a conversation about Tom Ince. Anyway, maybe um, I mentioned Tom maybe Ince maybe because he's high up on the list if he's not in first of most shots taken without a goal this season. Uh, then, then that could be it. Yeah, that definitely could be it. He's up to All forty right. shots now, and he has not scored yet. Do you think he's going to continue to be taking that many shots, or he's going to, or do you think he's going to take fewer shots but still not score? No, I think he's going to just going to keep letting him rip. Okay, but uh, the, the, the goals will come. Uh, um, you, I guess. I mean, if you think the shots, if you think he's going to continue, going to continue to take shots. You know, at some point, logic dictates that he will score. Yes, I believe a goal will come at some point. No, I'm not, yeah, not going to guess when. But regression to the mean here, right? Like, you know, sure. we're talking. You know, I mean, like, it, it's it's not like he's not a skilled player who doesn't know how to finish at all. I mean, it's it's it just hasn't happened this year for him so far. Yeah, eight players have taken more shots than him. That's huh. it. And he's at zero goals. The you next highest is uh, Granite Jaka at thirty-five. 
This is when people like me start going in and saying, all right, this is now the time to buy yes. on Tom Inns. Right. Like, because, just like how when people lost faith in uh, in Joshua King, I said, this is the time. Mm-hmm. Now, go get him. And Joshua King is now Yeah, it's been starting... kind of the time for Tom Inns for a while, though. Well, I haven't been saying it. But now I'm saying it is what I'm, is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. All right putting my stake in the ground for Tom Ince. Yeah, go nuts. I mean, jeez. No, I mean, that's what people said when I said, when I said about Josh King as well. Okay. All right. Guaranteed gu- uh, guaranteed Tom Ince red card. <laughs> I just don't right. like the, the difficulty I have with Ince is like like you implied. Yes, he's going to score at some point. But like when you're taking that many shots and very few are going in like not very few, none. Well, right. Zero are going in. I mean, even if you're like, okay, they're bound to go in at some point, like how many do you really think he's going to score? From here to the end of the year? Yeah. I'll put the over-under at five. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's a reasonable amount. With it, the, the thing that encourages me about Tom Ince is that half of his shots are in the box. He's not just, like, taking a ridiculous amount. He's not Granite Jaka, who has taken 32 of his 35 shots from outside the box. That's yeah. why he has no goals. Yeah. I mean, if we're, it'd be, but let's think, I want to try to talk about this here a little bit. Like, if you, if you told me that I'm able to get a midfielder who's going to score, let's just say he scores five. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, which is a lot after for having half, zero this far. I mean, we're basically half, almost halfway through the half, season. We we will be exactly half. Right. Well, not no, exactly. not yet. We'll be close to halfway through the season. But what I'm saying is, let's just say over the last half of the season, he scores five goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take that. Yes, you would take that. Meaning anybody would take that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm like, really? Am I really? Am I, am I unique here in that no. sense? But uh, no, I, I think that he has. I mean, I, I don't think that's unrealistic i don't think it's i mean i think it's a 50 50 proposition he gets the uh he gets the five goals but yeah he i mean his shooting has been a little i mean it's been very inconsistent like what did i say 40 shots 19 of them came in the first five games but then he's also taken 10 in his last three so it's like you know he he does go on these runs where he takes either one or zero and that obviously works against him but it's a lot of shots. I mean, at one point he had taken 11 shots in back-to-back, like six and five, and didn't get a single one on goal. Are there are there Huddersfield options that you like in this matchup against Watford? Uh, I mean, I would play Moy if I had him. I don't, but I would start Moy and you know I do, uh, I, and I'm not. I don't bench Aaron Moy so right. much. So, right. um, and that's probably it. Or Van yeah, Lepara, you, uh, if I had him, I might go out. What about what about defenders? Like, do you think this is a zero zero affair? Um, no, I, no, I don't. Okay. All right, let's get to the game that actually counts, the one that everyone's going to watch. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that that Saturday slate that I just mentioned till now, not many people are going to tune in it's to a, any of those games. Bit of a bummer slate, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a very entertaining slate. Even right. though we had a bunch of bad teams playing against each other, they had the the. The prospect uh, in the midweek, we had the prospect at least of entertaining games. That is not the case until the late game on Saturday, when Manchester City, the uh, champions elect, if you will, uh, take on a Spurs side who come into the Etihad. It's 
I, I, it's re- and this is, re- I mean, it's really Spurs and everybody else. Or not Spurs and everybody else. City and everybody else in the Premier League. Yep. And the Champions League has really covered up for how bad every other team other than City has been in the Premier League. Have they been bad? They've not been good. Uh, they just haven't. Arsenal losing to and drawing to teams they shouldn't. Chelsea doing the same. Liverpool really doing the same. Uh, even United uh, of late. Uh, United of late. I mean, the, the beginning of the season, United were great. But I mean, it, let, let's. But we we discussed this about Lukaku, right? It, you know, he's he he beats up against bullies, but you know, when Paul Pogba wasn't on the pitch and when they started playing against better opponents, he was a ghost. Yeah, I think you're you're being a bit harsh on all of them. Like I think Man City's dominance doesn't necessarily mean the other teams have been so poor. I think I like, was they've won 15 that, consecutive games. Yeah. Like that's not something I think that I, I think I read a stat about Chelsea that they've they've conceded 15 points uh this season so far and they only conceded 21 total points last season. Okay. So like it, it it's it's a real drop off. Right. Obviously, it's not. They're not going to get ninety-three points every year. All right. That's that's not really that's not reasonable to expect. But you know, the, the, it's. I, I think that the you know they're still like they're still like top teams in in the in the world. The you know the seeds two through six for for the Premier League. But it's not like they're playing at Man City's level or at a PSG's level or any of the top echelon teams. You know what I mean? They're still they're a tier below. Okay. And did we did, I, did we think that was different though coming into the season? Well, when you start, the reason why because I keep hearing from all my friends who are like La Liga fans, and they they keep saying like, "Oh, La Liga is the best league." I'm like, "This is the first year where I look at both leagues and I'm like, all right, I kind of see what you're talking about." <laughs> like, I mean, teams ten through twenty are way better in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong, but like. The, the top talent in the Premier League, it just it, for some reason, it, it's well, I could guess why it's not playing well right now. It's because there's too many darn fixtures for them to play right now. But uh, it can, anyway, with that in mind, Spurs, who I think are a good team, not a great team, are taking on a great team in Manchester City. And even though it's Spurs, I have no confidence uh, in the, in Spurs' ability to uh, to kind of deal with what Manchester City is going to throw at them, which is everything. Well, yeah, and uh, for Manchester City, they I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna change a thing of our, as far as how they play, mm-hmm. and I think they're still gonna come away with like a two nil victory. Uh, yeah, I don't. I struggle to see a situation where Tottenham win or draw. I mean, I guess yeah. I just they haven't been good enough defensively, and they rely just so heavily on a, a core three or four guys in the attack that if any one of them is missing, it kind of throws the whole thing off. And I'm not sure they're going to have the ball enough to allow them to do anything. Yeah. For me, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think that they're going to really have much of a say in terms of just how this game is determined. Like it's really just our, if Manchester city play up to their, to uh, to their expectations, then it's over. Right, I agree. Uh, you know, if, Ma- if Manchester City play well, there is not a team in the Premier League that can resist them. Yeah, but that I mean, yes. But what happens if Spurs play their best game of the year? 
I mean, if the, if the player that we would, the player that I think would make the most difference because he does the most on both sides of the pitch would be Deli Alley, and he just hasn't been that difference maker this season so so far. So if he has his best game of the year, that gives that that gets them to two one. <laughs> okay. Right, but they they for some reason they're uh, you know Spurs are out of sorts a little going mm-hmm. into this game. They're not playing at their peak form. Uh, I mean, they they did in the Champions League, and maybe that's what they're putting the most of their eggs right to perform really well in the Champions League. Uh, but for Mauricio Pochettino, he's he's gonna he's gonna see what a ver- what what an elite team looks like. Yeah, uh, and w- can his pressing style beat Pep's pep pressing style? It's a different kind of press, but we're gonna. I, I hope this game is entertaining, but I have a funny feeling we're just gonna see some sloppy turnovers. But then you know, Nick like Nicholas Otamendi will get a goal, and you know, and then chasing the game, they may get their second to pull away, and something like that. Like it's it's gonna be, I think, a little cagier than we're accustomed. Okay. Do you think they score? No, I don't think Spurs score. Okay. Uh, not, I mean, I don't think it's strongly enough to take Ederson or rank Ederson very highly. That's the way I'll put that. But I, if, you, if gun to my head, no, I don't think Spurs score. Okay. I think that's actually a pretty bold statement. Um, I guess. I mean, <clears throat> we were talking about it on the DFS podcast earlier that Man City is like a comfortable favorite in this game. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't doubt it. Uh, I mean, it's. It's not surprising to me. Uh, yeah, the, the I mean, more surprising I, thing is that you you tend not to see Tottenham as such a big underdog. I mean, if you're looking at like you know the betting odds and everything like that, I mean they have to reflect where they think the public is going to bet, and they know that the public is going to bet on City, mm-hmm. City at home. Sure. So you know as they, they have to they have to inflate whatever they, they they have to account for some inflation just to get just to you know dare some people to bet on Tottenham. Right. That's what it is. You're basically daring them. But yep, I'm just but saying, I'm like, it, on Spurs' best day and an average Man City day. City what? Okay. And it's, and, and it's not, I mean, it's not a clear shot at Tottenham. It's a little bit of a shot at Tottenham. But, you know, it, I think it's more about how well or how, you know, just how high the ceiling is for City that their average is that good it's really more about how good city is versus you know like saying that tottenham's bad right right that makes sense i mean the the ridiculousness of manchester city and how strong their attack has been uh, is simply seen in the fact that david silva has five goals this year four in his last three games like i think you could you could have he's also got he's also got some assists too yeah eight of them like it's just nuts that he may go double double. Yeah, he could. And like you, he would be on the list if I was like, how many guys reach ten and ten at the beginning of the season? But like, he wouldn't be anywhere near the top. What's funny is they may get two of those guys on the same team. Oh, for sure, they could have. I mean, Mike, they could Three. have like five of them. They could. Well, five. Let's, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> they got to get the ten assists too. I mean, they can have five, ten goal scorers. I'll give you that. Yeah, but. You know, Raheem Sterling may get the ten assists. I'm just saying, Actually, like, I'm De Bruyne not sure. is. I'm not even sure if that's true. De Bruyne, uh, is De Bruyne. De Bruyne and Silver are both at five and eight. Leroy Sané is at six and six. Aguero is at ten and three. Sterling is nine and three. Those guys, th- those will be the tough ones. 
Yeah. But they, I mean, Sané, Silva, and De Bruyne could definitely get there. Which is nuts. <sighs> Makes me just petrified to think about <laughs> it. Ah. Uh. Cheer me up with cheer me up with some different news outside of uh, the, the the fixture list. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll allow our friends at Fan Futsal to do that. Uh, Please do. Yeah, Fan Futsal is a simplified fantasy soccer game where users select five clubs instead of eight or eleven individual players for their weekly lineups, and the fantasy scoring is actually based on match scores, not individual statistics. Users don't need to worry about lineup rotations, player injuries or follow detailed player stats across multiple matches at the same time because Fan Futsal incorporates strategic elements like positions and formations where you pick actual teams that allow for differentiation and strategy in your user lineups. They offer games and tournaments for all the major European leagues as well as MLS and Liga MX when they're in season. Fan Futsal is completely free and only takes a few seconds to sign up. So head over to fanfutsal.com, that's F-A-N-F-U-T-S-A-L.com to play. Sunday. That's if we a, ever, if we do some fan futsal rankings, can we finally do it the way that I want to do it? Yeah, that's exactly like, what you do. Like, like Spurs left back. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just Spurs defense. <laughs> it's even better, even easier for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, fan futsal. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you looking out for the for the people like me, <laughs> otherwise known as the lazy people. All right, let's go over to uh, West Brom, shall we? They take on a Manchester traveling Manchester United side at the Hawthorns. Um, I mean, we, we look at we look at Alan Pardew and Laugh. yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's but but you know, as we laughed, I mean, were we laughing harder at uh, at Jurgen Klopp not being able to break down yeah. a Alan Pardew side on the road? That was shocking, absolutely shocking. They have uh, two clean sheets out of their last three games. I know, but they've also only that, scored once. But I like, think this that, is going to be a bloodbath. That is a part. That is a that is that is that is part of the Pardew Bible, right? I think they're going to get absolutely blasted. I mean, we said that about Liverpool too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> What's funny is, you know, I, I you, when we talked when we talked about West Ham, right? I, I gave like the whole anything can happen in a London derby. Uh, but I don't see it happening twice. And what happened? It happened twice. Yeah, it happened twice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in this game here, I mean, this isn't really a rivalry, but, you know, West Brom have a very ardent support, right? They're very proud of their bad knees. Um, I'm trying to sell this game. Yeah, they, no, they're going to get blasted. I, I, I like can't. Just... I just can't. I can't. I can't even fake the enthusiasm. Uh, I think we're going to see the return of the 3-4-3 that Manchester United started to use at the beginning of the season. Uh, and we're going to see like a six goal game, some kind of eruption. Uh, the only thing that would make me hesitate slightly is that it's a Johnny Evans revenge game. So what? He'll score an own goal. <laughs> he's a sleeper. So he's a sleeper or a spy. Yeah. <laughs> All these years at West Brom. Now he's finally paying it back. No, um, obviously we just, got to see the lineup with Manchester United and maybe we get Zlatan's first start. I'm not sure if that the event at the Hawthorns is a big enough one for him to start, but why not? Well, Lions do like to feed on the sheep. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. <laughs> uh, but... I did see a pretty good tweet from somebody after uh, 
Ibrahimovic said Pep Guardiola was like the most, what did he call him? Immature. Immature manager he's ever played for. Right. And somebody was like, that's pretty rich coming from a 36-year-old with a ponytail who calls himself a lion. Well, to be fair, Zlatan, uh, the Pep Guardiola he had was the one with hair. It was a long time ago is what I'm saying. Pep had a little bit of hair then. Yeah, I was talking about Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I know that, but oh. like to call him the like like the most immature coach, like he was probably like they're probably similar in age, Zlatan and yeah, and I don't know if they're that close, but but whatever, that has nothing to do with anything. Who knows That's how correct. United will line up? I assume Rashford starts because he didn't in the midweek, so that's the only thing I can think of. They're going to get blasted, West Brom. The Bedigrew question is, will they get blasted by more or less than Burnmouth at home against Liverpool? Less. Okay. No, sorry, more. They will get Burnmouth will be less blasted than West Brom. Okay. Okay. Why is that? Uh, just because I I have no confidence that Liverpool will start their all their strongest players. Okay, that's fair. Even though they're not quite strongest players, they're still pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty good. <laughs> Uh, no, um, no, also just Burnham have been better defensively of late uh, for a longer period of time than West Brom. Okay. Then it's a Jermaine Defoe goal game. Seems like the kind of team he would score against. It does seem that to way. To make it 5-1. Uh, it does seem that way. Joel Maddox still going to be out, I'm assuming. I believe so, yes. Yeah, so we have uh, <laughs> Clavon and Lovren in the same. Oh, God. They've been all right. They've been all right. They no, <laughs> they've been all right for Liverpool, maybe for Liverpool standards, but not like, not a team that's trying to be like, Champions League level, right? Like, if you put that up against like a Real Madrid, they're gonna like concede six goals, you know? Yes, they. Mean, yeah. It, to me, it to me is it more. It, I'm more excited to see if it's another Andrew Robertson game. Yeah, yeah. I specifically ranked Milner, just to. I don't want to say I ranked him to spite you, but. Um. I kind of read Milner just to spite you. Milner could be a central midfielder again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the confidence that Milner has two spots that he could play, although he easily could just go right back to the bench. They have plenty of guys that can play in his spot, so in whatever spot he could play in. Very true. Yeah. Very true. All right. Uh, yeah, but I think combined between Manchester United and Liverpool, we might see 10 goals. Yeah. I'd, I mean, nobody would be shocked. Yeah, I think I would put the over-under. Right? I'd put the over-under at... Six and a half. Hmm. I think that's high since they're both away, but I'll take the under. I'm going to go over. I think I think we're going to see about eight. I think one team will score five and the other will score three. Okay. Wow. Although I, but, the one who said both, both of them should be blasted. So. Yes, I know, and I'm the only one who's actually backing that up. Yeah. Typical. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, for the Burmese side, though, uh, no, you tried to sell Jermaine Defoe. Are you instantly re- uh, retracting? <laughs> no, I wasn't selling anyone. I was trying to walk you into selling him. Uh, no, I don't want anybody. Okay. All right. Cool. Then uh, let's go to a game where I actually think there might be some uh, some hidden fantasy gold, and it's a Monday night game, and it's Everton at home against Swansea. Uh, yeah, please sell me want- on this one. Say what you will about Big Sam. He knows how to turn a team around. Mm-hmm. Everyone's up on Wayne Rooney now. Everyone's on that Wayne Rooney hype train. 
More goals than Lukaku. Actually, I think they're tied now. Yeah, I mean, are you really going to – I mean, you don't have Rooney. You're not going after him, right? Uh, I'm not going to go after him, no. But, I mean, I think I, – I mean, John Joe Kenny people are going to probably go after this week if I take a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to go after Wayne Rooney, like I said before. Yeah. Gilby Sigurdsson is a, a good option still. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin I think some people will go after. Uh, we might see – uh, you know, Jordan Pickford will probably be a hot goalkeeper this week that people want to get. Uh, I think not only people are necessarily going to shy away from Tammy Abraham on the other side. Um, considering that it's Big Sam, I think people may try to sneak in some Swansea defenders just to see if they can get a cheap clean sheet against the Big Sam side. That's going to be defense first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of fantasy targets in this one for people. But all on Everton. Uh, not all, most. I mean, I think you might see like Kyle Naughton people try uh, come out of the woodwork again. Martin Olsen may get an appearance for some people. Um, you know, I don't think the midfield of Swansea warrants any kind of attention, so I'll keep skipping them. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, like, like I said, if if you gave me like a top ten, I'd probably say you know six, at least six or seven are going to be from from Everton. Hmm, okay. Maybe, I mean, just come to think of it, I think six or seven. Like, I think you'll see Martin Olsen, Kyle Naughton in it, like eight and ten, something like that. Right. Right. But it's going to be mostly, you're right. It's going to be mostly Everton, but there's, I think there's still a few sneaky Swansea people you can put in there. Um, I don't see them. I didn't do a good job selling this game. Not the, not the Swansea guys. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I mean, no. yeah, I, well, I, I mean, I think of all the people I just mentioned, I think the most popular guy is going to be John Joe Kenny. Of all the, if you look at the percentage change jump. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think enough people were already on him. I just, I don't see anybody from Swansea that I want, even against Everton. I mean, I'm, I'm sold on Big Sam, so. <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the people who. I think people who had uh, Jordan Pickford were very happy that Big Sam was the choice. And I think people may have even rushed back to Michael Keane, who people were so happy about at the beginning of the season. And then they're like, and now they're kind of like, oh, Michael Keane again. Yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll have to see kind of if he has a spot when there's no rotation, just because we saw like Mason Holgate and Ashley Williams. They've jagged still like, like to see how this plays out. Do you know who started playing with the youth team recently? I do not. Yannick Bellassi. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. You know who's next? Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. The, ba- the band is coming yeah, back Yeah, Ross together. Barkley. He'll be here soon. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. Europa League, here we come. <laughs> Are they still in it? I don't know. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I, thought say, I thought they were doing terribly. Yeah, here. I don't think they're in Europa. Everton in Europa. Arsenal's in it. Yeah, Everton finished third in their group. Yeah, they had a tough. I group really think of who. Uh, Atalanta won it, and then uh, Lyon were in second. Oh, okay, that actually isn't terrible. Atalanta yeah. have been good in Serie A. Yeah. So. All right, cool. All right, Everton have some kind of plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get back to so getting back to Everton. Who do you think that Wayne Rooney is the striker for real going forward? I think he has the most realistic goal upside than anybody else. But like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, 
you know, do you see that? Do, do you see Big Sam using him and Calvert Lewin, or do you think it's just the Wayne Rooney show up top? Uh, or Omar Niass. I was going to say you're going to toss Niass out. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think Rooney. If there's any rotation, it won't be Rooney. It'll be Calvert Lewin and Niass. Yeah. So, I mean, so Aaron Leonard. Uh, 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 yeah, essentially, right you're here. essentially you're saying yes, like you, that you feel that it's Wayne Rooney's job up top. Uh, I don't know if it's I mean, necessarily up top, but I think it's he'll be on the field more than anybody else. Like they move him, be, they move him all over the place. So, and he'll be taking penalties. I assume so. Yeah, I, I, and so I just I mean I I, I basically what I want because basically what we were saying is at the beginning of the season, oh who's going to play striker? We thought it was going to be Sandro because you know that's who they brought in. And then, you know, the dust kind of settled on Omar Nias, and now I guess what I'm asking is, do you think the dust is now settling again for Wayne Rooney? Uh, like I said, I don't know if he'll necessarily start at, as the most forward player every time, but he's forward eligible in most fantasy formats, and I think he's going to get the most playing time among that group of Rooney, Nias, Calvert-Lewin, Lookman. Like, Rooney, I think, is locked in. Mm. Well... And on that note, we will uh, lock in this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, and we will sign off here. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, enjoy the weekend slate, and we will be catching up with you all next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast when we talk about game week number 19. My God, Andrew, we'll be halfway through the season. Flies by. It really does. I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.